Hello, and welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, but we know this is simply not true. This is a Canadian podcast about the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. And I'm Canadian Girl. Thanks so much for joining me today on this bonus birthday adventure. That's right, it's my birthday. And to be honest, I haven't been working very hard, just trying to enjoy it. That being said, our next adventure here on the channel is going to be a little bit late. It's also a little late because I wrote and published my very own children's book. That's right, I wrote a children's book. The book is called The Canadian Wilderness. Fun facts from A to Z. It's a cute, bright, and colorful book that gives you fun little facts about each animal from A to Z. And it's available on Amazon. If you want to get your hands on a copy of my very first book, you can grab yours today. Just click on the link below in the show notes. Or you can always search for it on Amazon. It should come up fairly quickly, as we are currently a bestseller on Amazon's children's books Exploring Canada list. There is an ebook or a paper copy, whichever works best for you. And if you are subscribed to Kindle Unlimited, you can read it there for free as many times as you want. But enough about that. We need to get going on this bonus birthday adventure. Since my normal episode is a little late, I thought I'd make it up to you with this bonus birthday tale about the legend of Hemloft, a legend that I was lucky enough to be a part of. That's right, your very own Canadian girl was a part of this legend, and I wanted to share it with you. The legend of Hemloft, as I'm going to call it, is about an amazing egg-shaped treehouse that was hidden in the BC wilderness of Whistler. And if you were lucky enough to find it, like I was on my birthday weekend nine years ago, it was like finding hidden treasure. Grab your jackets, best hiking shoes, bring some water, and hold on tight as we head back in time to 2008 when this legend begins. It's early 2008 and we meet Mr. Joel Allen, an outdoor adventurer just like us. Mr. Allen, like most of us, was growing very tired of the 9 to 5 daily grind that gets you nowhere in this never-ending rat race these days. With the cost of living on the mainland in beautiful British Columbia being so ridiculously high, Mr. Allen found himself sleeping in his car and other interesting spots he could find. If you are interested in Mr. Allen's whole backstory in detail, you can find it on his website, thehemloft.com. It will, of course, be in the show notes below. He has wrote an amazing blog in great detail that you can read there all about his adventures. But we are more interested in his very famous secret treehouse today. Mr. Allen would decide he needed to build some type of off-grid home so he could begin his dream of retiring early and living the good life. Buying land was not an option, again, as the prices were way too high, so he began to ponder just where he might put his future home. He began to tell friends about his plans, trying to get more ideas for himself, what he could do, where he could build. Then one night, while sitting with two dear friends named Mark and Jane, they had both just recently graduated with degrees in architecture, he began to tell them his grand plan to build an off-grid house in a hidden location. He started to lean more towards a treehouse, as it was easier to hide from the many prying eyes that were always wandering around the forest of Whistler, B.C. than a cabin on the ground would be. 
He himself was one of those people. Being homeless, he had spent many nights camping out in the woods, as many in the area do. I myself have been in the woods in Whistler, and as big and abundant as they seem, there is always a sign somewhere that another human has been around, no matter how deep you hike back into the woods. As Mr. Allen and his friends were discussing his options, Mark and Jane would land on the perfect treehouse to hide in the woods, an egg-shaped treehouse. That's right, picture a big, huge ostrich egg made out of all-natural, beautiful wood hugging a beautiful, massive hemlock tree in the B.C. wilderness. The idea was perfect. He quickly got to work building a model of his dream home that was a quarter of the size of what he was hoping for. He would run all kinds of tests to make sure he knew what he needed for the real thing. He didn't have much time and couldn't afford to make mistakes in the real tree house. Mr. Allen would head out that summer in 2008, scouring the outskirts of Whistler, B.C., looking for the perfect location for his new home. Mr. Allen had come to the decision that he would have to build on Crown land, which basically means it's land owned by the government that's not for sale, but also Canadian residents who reside in the area are usually allowed to camp on it for free. I just want to say here, that's not legal advice. Please do your own research. He also decided by choosing to do this, he would need to make it a very clean site, as one does when camping on Crown land. You bring everything in that you need for your trip, and then you pack it all up and take it all back out again, leaving little to no trace that you were ever there. It's how we show respect for our great lands here in Canada. The only problem was he knew he couldn't pack up his treehouse each time, so this really made him feel even more as if it needed to be very well hidden. With that said, he also knew this project would not be easy. He would have a lot of materials, like lumber and tools to pack up and take into the woods. So this meant the treehouse would not only have to be super hidden, but also have to be somewhere close enough to a road to make any of this possible. It had to be in a spot where most people would not just go wandering off the road and into the woods. And just to add a touch more difficulty to his search, he didn't want to be able to hear the cars or the people from the town below. And he wanted to make sure it had a beautiful view facing the southwest, which was where his favorite mountain range was. Mr. Allen would search for over two months to find the perfect location to hide his secret treehouse. And then he finally found it, just off a new millionaire subdivision that was being built in the hills. It truly was the perfect location for his plan. It was just off the private drive to the new subdivision being built, which meant not many people would be driving on a private road. He himself, being a carpenter, fit the look of a worker heading to the location to get some work done for the day. And even better, millionaires are not usually the type of people to just go wandering around in the woods around them. And because of this, he knew they would pay to keep other people away. Mr. Allen was over the moon. He had found his perfect tree. Not only was it protected by a fancy neighborhood, it was also just off a very, very steep slope that was so scary looking even Mr. Allen walked all the way to the bottom the first time he found it, as opposed to just heading straight across the terrifying slope. The very steep slope 
would protect the location even more from wandering eyes. You'd have to be pretty brave to just head in there. This was the perfect spot. No one would just go wandering in. Once Mr. Allen did make the climb up that very steep slope that day, he found in front of him the perfect sky-touching hard-as-a-rock hemlock tree to hold his new secret treehouse. It was perfectly hidden from all. The mountains were right there in front of him to enjoy. Not a car or person could be heard for miles. Mr. Joel Allen had just found the spot where he would build the legendary hemloft. In the fall of 2008, Mr. Allen would finally start building his dream treehouse in the woods. In order to get his building materials and tools up to the site each day, Mr. Allen had to be very sneaky. After all, this is a private drive with people that have a lot of money and most likely would not like what he was doing. It was a spot where there was also nowhere to park, which added to its appeal but also made building it very difficult. Mr. Allen came up with many different scenarios as to why he was parked on the side of the private drive. He would pretend to have car trouble, put on his four ways, flip open his hood, and begin unloading everything he had for the day's job, tools, materials, into the ditch below and out of sight. Then he would hop back in his car, go park down below in town, then walk back up the hillside where the private drive was and retrieve his stuff and carry it across the very steep slope through the trees, climbing over boulders, slippery moss, and more. It was not an easy trail to take by any means, especially carrying all that extra weight. And I have walked this slope myself. It is very slippery and pretty much on a 45 degree angle. It's scary. If you drop something, you have to spend 20 to 30 minutes just walking down to get it again and then back up. I assume Mr. Allen hung on to everything very tightly. Mr. Allen is a very lucky man. He did not injure himself very badly during this build that I know of. I think he probably should have bought a lottery ticket during this time. Another trick he would pull off on the private drive was pretending he was parked there looking for a lost dog. If anyone came around, he would just start yelling out like he was looking for them. He got quite good at sneaking his way up there. He was also very careful to never really take the same trail and covering what he had made with twigs and leaves, trying to hide that he was even there at all. By mid-October 2008, Mr. Allen had completed the frame of his dream egg-shaped treehouse hidden in the woods. But then, life would happen as it does, and the project had to be put on hold. Mr. Allen would hide the treehouse frame with branches and such the best he could to camouflage it until he could return. After two years away, Mr. Allen would return to his secret treehouse in the BC woods, but this time he was not alone. He had a girl with him. He had fallen in love while he was away, and together they would work on his beloved treehouse dream as much as they could. Sadly, they had returned to Whistler at kind of a bad time. The Winter Olympics were happening that year, and in preparation for it all, things were being built and refurbished everywhere which meant even more people were scurrying about the area, putting his secret treehouse at risk. So after finishing the roof in the fall of 2010, 
the pair would strip the treehouse down again, cover it in branches, the best they could to camouflage it. From the many visitors to the Olympic Games here in Canada that year, they wouldn't return until the spring of 2011. That spring, Mr. Allen would go on Craigslist, an online service that allows people to buy, sell, and trade services, or in this case, give stuff away for free. Mr. Allen would look all over Craigslist day in and day out until he had all the materials he needed to finish his dream house. And he did just that. He claims to have received doors, flooring, glass, and many other much-needed materials to finish the job on Craigslist, and he got them all for free. He estimates it was at least $10,000 worth of stuff. That May in 2011, he would begin building again. That meant carrying in over 100 loads of materials and goods to finish the job over the summer months. By June, the treehouse was starting to come to life, and what seemed like a dream was finally becoming a reality for Mr. Allen. His secret treehouse in the woods was almost done, and he had pulled it off with virtually no one knowing he or his treehouse was even there. By the end of July 2011, the secret treehouse in the woods was finally completed. After three years of planning, packing, carrying, and building, his dream of a place to call home in the woods was right there in front of him. If I was Mr. Allen, I would have cried right there for sure. That's a pretty magical moment to have. After all this, Mr. Allen would only get to spend one week in his secret treehouse, as life would come calling again and he was off to Nova Scotia that same year. He said he remembers the time as being such a relief, not having to carry in a ton of wood or tools. All he needed was a suitcase for him and his partner to spend the week in their long-awaited dream treehouse in the woods. After the pair left for their new adventure in Nova Scotia together, Mr. Allen sat down one day in April 2012 out east and posted a YouTube video, linking it to a small website at the time that told you a little bit about the hemlock and how it was a secret treehouse hiding in the woods of Whistler, and he encouraged you to try and find it. And so the legend of the hemlock begins, and this is where I come into the story. I saw this YouTube video thanks to a friend who shared it with me. I was instantly intrigued and wanted to go find it right away. But I was living way up north in Prince George, British Columbia at the time. And if you know where that is, I wasn't going to Whistler anytime soon. I was probably closer to the Yukon than I was to Whistler, if that gives you some idea. One year later, life would show up for myself. This time, it would send us down to White Rock, British Columbia, which is right near Vancouver. Now that we were living in White Rock, we could definitely get to Whistler, and that's exactly what we did. It was March 2013, my birthday weekend, and I had spent the prior week scouring the internet and photos of the famous treehouse, trying to pinpoint just where she was hiding in the woods so we could go find her. And thanks to a wonderful app called Instagram, I was able to find it. And a big thank you to the few people who had tagged their location of the hemlock pictures. This led me to a certain area in Whistler where I believed the secret treehouse would be. Back then, there wasn't a very detailed blog on the hemloft.com website like there is now today. I had to put all these clues together for myself from odd pictures and posts I found online about it. And to be honest, most people were pretty good at keeping the secret. I really had to dig to find the couple photos I found at the time. 
Today, this would be so much easier as everything is tagged by location and is posted in mass quantities. So with the few details and clues we had, we headed out to the location we had pinpointed on the map. But when we got there, we found a private road. What do we do, we asked ourselves. And then we looked up the private road as we tried to decide what to do and saw it was a subdivision full of million-dollar houses, not the type of neighborhood you wanted to just go wandering around in. We drove back down the private road and tried to come up with a plan. We had just spent the last few weeks planning this adventure, and not to mention had been dreaming about it for over a year. We had to make this happen. I was with Mr. Canadian Girl at the time and his brother. We put our heads together and came up with a plan. We decided we couldn't park up there anywhere, which was the same problem Mr. Allen had. So we did the same thing. We parked down below, back in town, and decided to walk back up the mountainside to the private road and head in that way. And if anyone were to ask, we were just going to act like we were lost tourists. It's always a great cover. We made the hike back up. I can't remember exactly, but it's no five or ten minute hike. It was up the side of a mountain. The air gets thin and it gets steeper the higher you go. Finally, we had got back to the spot where we had decided might be the way in to the secret treehouse. We hopped over the barrier on the private road, headed down to the ditch and into the woods. If I remember right, I believe there was a very slight noticeable trail, so we were instantly excited, thinking we were going the right way. This wasn't a spot that you would just go walking, so the fact that there was a trail was a good sign. Then we came to the very steep slope that we knew would be there. We had no idea how steep it truly was because it was March. The side of the mountain was covered in snow. To be honest, I'm terrified of heights, so this was probably a blessing for me. The thick, deep snow made it seem somehow less steep and made it seem like you might not fall quite so far if you slipped. We made our way slowly and carefully down a very small, curvy trail. Then we rounded a corner and Mr. Canadian Girl turned around, looked at me, and I knew we had found it. He took a step back, pointed at a tree just in front of him. There were two small black signs with white writing on them that had been placed. They read, Welcome. The hemlock is endangered. Please protect its future by keeping it safe and beautiful. The second sign read, The risk of fire is high. This is a flame-free zone. We had found it. After a whole year of wishing and dreaming about it, we were there. As we passed the signs on the tree, the egg-shaped roof began to peek out from the steep slope and the trees. As we got closer, there it was, the legendary Hemloff. I must have watched that YouTube video over a thousand times, and now here it was standing right in front of me. And just when you thought the scary climb to get there was over, you still had to get to it. We were standing on a 45-degree slope of rocky moss mountainside covered in wet springtime snow, and now we had to get to a tree stump where three circles had been placed like stepping stones across a plank that took you to the front door of the treehouse. I tried my best to explain it. If you are scared of heights like me, it was terrifying. I do have pictures of this day and will share them on my social media. So do watch for them at Nothing Canada on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
After walking the plank and finally making it in the front door, we did it. We had found the secret tree house in Whistler for my birthday, and it was one of the coolest birthdays ever and didn't cost anything but a little gas money. Truly a dream come true. The tree house itself was very small, much smaller than I expected. Not to take away from how amazing it was, because it was truly stunning, something that could be put in the magazines, and I'm pretty sure it was. But that's Mr. Allen's tale, and you can read all about it over on his blog on thehemloft.com. As you walk in the front door, the walls that surround the door were made of wood that was just spaced evenly enough to let some light and fresh air in. I have no idea what the carpenter term is for that, I'm just trying to help you picture it. It's almost as if the blinds were open, it was beautiful. To your right, there was a small room with a table attached to the wall and a seat. It has a beautiful window to look out and would be a writer's dream to just sit there and write. There is also a book on the table to write your name, draw pictures, or whatever else your heart desires. It was so neat to sit there and read all the stuff that had been written before. Directly in the center of the cabin is the beautiful exposed hemlock tree that the egg-shaped treehouse hugs so gracefully. And next to it is a small winding staircase that leads up to a small loft where maybe three or four people could sleep at max. It has a skylight view and the skylight's open so you can peek your head out and enjoy the views. To your left, when you walk in the front door, there is a tiny but beautiful balcony with a bench and everything. It's truly the perfect little treehouse in the perfect location. Or at least Mr. Allen thought. It turns out the secret treehouse by now had become not so secret in the community. Parties, small weddings, even Christmas lights were hung up and left. Some people just don't know how to respect great things. Which is why when we arrived, there was a sign stating that the hemloft was in danger. Wanting to respect that, we didn't stay too long, maybe just a couple hours or so. We had a small lunch we had packed in. We took a bunch of pictures, of course. How could you not? It's not every day you find a hidden treehouse in the forest. And then we just sat there and enjoyed it. Once we were done, we made sure to clean up all our mess. The only thing we left was our names like everyone else before. Sadly, shortly after we saw this secret treehouse in the woods, it was taken down. I'm not sure if it was in the summer or the fall of 2013, but what I do know is we were super lucky we got to see it when we did. Because once it was taken down, it was listed on Craigslist to be given away, just as Mr. Allen had received most of the material for it for free. He wanted to return the favor. The post got so much attention, he took it down, realizing that it should be donated so many people could enjoy it once again. He chose the Canadian Wilderness Adventure Company, who had plans in 2016 to rebuild the legendary treehouse alongside a cafe called the Hemloft Cafe. But as far as I can tell, those plans seem to have fell through. I couldn't find any more information on the legendary treehouse and wanted to know where it had ended up. So I contacted the Canadian Wilderness Adventure Company to find out. They got back to me and said in fact they still have it, but it is dismantled, laying in storage, but their hope is to have it placed in the Callahan Valley in British Columbia. But they have not confirmed a location yet. So for now, the legendary secret treehouse of Whistler rests, waiting to be rebuilt for all of us to once again go and find her. I'm just so grateful I found her when I did, in her original home, the way Mr. Allen intended her to be. I'm Canadian Girl, 
I hope you enjoyed this bonus birthday adventure with me today. Until next time, my friends. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com. Want to help support the show? You can do that in three simple ways. The first one, you can leave us a shiny five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This small gesture means so much to this podcast as it allows us to move around on the podcast charts and meet more awesome listeners like you. The second, you can stop by our souvenir shop and pick up a souvenir from one of our great adventures and take it on your very own. There's t-shirts, water bottles, notebooks, and so much more. Do head over to our souvenir shop today and grab some adventure gear. And finally, the third way you can help support the show is by donation. We have a fancy PayPal button that can be found on the top right of our webpage. This button allows you the option to donate as much as you want, whenever you want. All donations will be used for the channel by buying new books for research and upgrading equipment. All three links to help support the show, of course, can be found in the show notes below. I thank you all so much for your support of the show. It means the world to me. You guys, who always hang around to the end, are my very favorite people. But you already know that. I hope your week is full of sunshine. And I hope something magical happens for you. I'm Canadian Girl. Mm -hmm.